Praise God, wonderful saints. Good to see you in the house. Friends and visitors, great to have you this morning. You can turn your Bibles to uh, Genesis 24, if you like, just have that open. That's where one of my stories will be coming from. God is just so moving wonderfully, and uh, we're in a good time where the enemy's trying to do his darndest, cause chaos and dismay all over the planet. But I believe that the church will become uh, more relevant in these days. Amen? Pastor Phil's my name, C3 Tugra. You're in the house. We're a praying, loving God, spirit-filled church. I want to explain that this morning why we depend on the Holy Spirit a whole bunch. Um, because it does challenge people who are a, little, a bit more cognitive. They want information. They want their ducks in the row in terms of logic and rationale. And then we have this crazy um, life of being a Christian in the spirit, which is quite adventurous and, and not predictable. And, and it's a great adventure, to be honest. Who's been sailing? Anyone been sailing? It is not predictable, let me tell you. Off the coast of Cairns, uh, let me see, 1982, 7Ks out uh, with eight other fellas from a construction site. I was building weirs and dams. Uh, this guy had a trimarang, 36-foot trimarang, and he invited the, the, the construction workers uh, to have, a, have an adventure sailing off the coast uh, of Cairns. He had a flat in Cairns and he stored some of his valuables in there. Anyway, um, so we ventured off and I realized, oh my goodness, um, the wind is propelling us. The sails are blooming with wind and propulsion. And this is a marvelous thing. Who has been sailing? Sailing is a beautiful thing. And I realized for the first time ever, oh my goodness, I am under the, the sway of nature and I'm being propelled through the water to the wild blue yonder. And we were tracking, trekking, uh, tracking, I think they call it. The Fitzgerald Island was there, but we were going this way. Tacking? Tacking. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. You're going to help me. That's why you're in this church. <laughs> She'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be right behind. <laughs> Tacking. Okay, that, that is the right word, actually, yes. It comes back to me now, my uh, um, nautical uh, language. And so I asked the guy, why are we going this way when you said we're going to Fitzgerald Island? We're tacking. Oh, okay, so the wind is propelling us. The swell is, is getting a little bit higher, and we're pushing through the way. And you know you're on a great adventure when eight He-Man construction workers, Shane, he works with these guys all the time. He looks after hundreds of them on big sites. You know when they're standing on the back of the boat uh, against the stainless steel wire and, uh, and they're just looking and they are enjoying themselves but they're silent and, and they're just absorbing this occasion of this great adventure and, and not having uh, probably done this uh, like myself, they are just quiet and taking, their, taking it in, in, in their stride 
of, are we safe? Is this, is this cool? Is this, are we good? Because the swell is rising, the wind is accelerating, boom, boom, boom. And, uh, and you know when guys are silent that you know that something is afoot, amen? Because they're usually chatty and, oh, this is great, isn't it? Awesome, yeah, there's no blustering from the men at all. No blustering. Blustering is when you, anyway. So, <laughs> and for about 20 minutes, it was like that until, crack, this 36-foot mask cracked in half and landed in the drink. And we were just doing these ones at the mercy of the swell and the waves. And, and still the men of Solomon go, because we've not been on a boat, we don't know what to do, but we did know how to pull it back up onto the boat, the mast, broken mast. And we said to the captain, this guy, fellow construction worker, we said, so what do we do? He said, it's okay. Um, I've got, I I think I have uh, my little uh, putt-putt motor uh, and, and I'll be back in a minute. And he came back and we knew straight away something was wrong. He said... Yeah, the motor's down there, but I've forgotten the crank handle back at the, my unit back in Cairns. Oh, great. He said, no, hang on. I've got a, I've got a transmitter. I'll send a message. Um, he, he came back again uh, with that same look. <laughs> and he said, I indeed have a transmitter, but I've left this certain part. He left this component, and I cannot receive messages. Or I, I cannot send messages. I can receive uh, traffic, uh, but I cannot send a message. And we go, wow, what are we doing? And then we realized one of the guy's wives had a small baby on, the, on board, which we didn't even notice at first. And we went, there's a baby on board, and are we going to be all right? Seven Ks out here. And so finally he got that little motor going, and uh, we putt-putted all the way back to, to shore, and, uh, and yeah, that was our experience. And then we crept back into the harbour of Cairns, so, so embarrassed um, with this big broken sail. And, uh, but, you know, the Spirit takes you on a journey, and I really want to help you understand um, maybe some of the emphasis of what God is doing in these times. Who's up for that? Because I believe this year, God is giving us a fresh emphasis of understanding of the great adventure of um, being in Christ and the riches therein. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the word and we thank you for moving in the spirit. That was wonderful, Pastor Julie. Give the Lord a hand clap. Um, Thank you for turning up. Moving forward in God's covenant plan for your life is what I am talking about. And I will re-emphasize this message about the year of the camels. And for people who, had, who weren't here, uh, and the message was called, Julie did brilliantly, by the way, the message was called, The Camels Are Coming. Who was here last week? And so it, it is a classic Pentecostal message, but it is a message for today too. So, and I believe it it represents fresh emphasis of the riches in Christ Jesus, the riches that he's given us by being born again 
And uh, they have come and they are coming this year. So Ephesians 1.3 says it like this. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen? And then the scripture that you probably know, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need. Isn't it wonderful you can come to a church where your needs are being met? To be healed, to be set free, transformed, to be reconciled in your thought, in your heart, in your life. Because you need that. You can get very disorientated out in the world, especially if you're listening to media out there. Amen? So the Bible says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Meaning, he will take care of our daily needs, supplying how by this glorious riches, which I'll explain, that he's given us through Christ Jesus. So here's a statement. God is faithful to his promises. And what he promises his people, salvation, life, and the inheritance therein, which is, I believe, physical and spiritual. Uh, in my um, uh, generations, my grandmother's uh, husband um, in Wales, South Wales, uh, just, just at the end of the war, uh, he was invalided from World War I, uh, but he, he was grieved that the three daughters did not have a brush, um, and the brush was steel. And he'd given the brush, all the people in England had given up all their steel and metal uh, for war weapons. And he was grieved that um, the daughters, including my mother, small children, didn't have a brush. And he said, let me go down to the town, Killeen, and, uh, and I'll, I'll find, I'm sure I'll find a brush down there. He stepped off the bus, and of course he was invalided, a gummy leg, and the bus backed up on him because, comedy of errors, the conductor had raced off the bus to, uh, to a toilet break and left the bus driver to reverse when he couldn't see and reversed over my grandfather. And um, he lasted a, a, a couple of days, but he, he basically said on his dying bed, uh, in, in his last wish, he said, sell the land, because they were farm owners, sell the land, uh, why would we do that so quick? What's he talking about? Well, I won't go into it, but there was a complication of who owned the land. And basically, my mother, uh, grandmother, and my mother and the daughters were all kicked off their farming land because of some, anyway, archaic law in Wales. And basically, they were turfed out off this land that they owned, but because my grandfather had died, they virtually lost possession of the land and they were on another piece of land, which was fine. But there was an inheritance that we had missed out on. You know what I mean? My, my family, my Welsh family, were farm owners. And eventually, basically, they didn't have much at all. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the inheritance that we have that we've been probably ripped off by and um, by circumstance of life. But the inheritance comes by possessing it. Say possessing. It comes by reaching out for it. It's all these kingdom possibilities that are, that are ours in Christ Jesus. And why? Because we are indeed sons and daughters of the King. 
We are the king's kids, and we have this rich inheritance. Who can say amen? A rich, vibrant, it's a rich, vibrant life in faith, and, and, and we've got to believe it's more than just a religious lifestyle of dutifully following God, turning up at church and paying homage or worshiping God like we did so brilliantly. That was so marvelous. But it takes, I believe, and I want to make an emphasis of this, it takes the Holy Spirit to acquire that inheritance. Julie's saying amen. What about an amen? So the Bible says... Um, Ephesians 3.8 says, to me, though I am, this is the Apostle Paul saying this, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. This is how rich, this is unfathomable. This is the greatest brain of his time, Apostle Paul. He was a doctor, he was a theologian, he was the greatest mind, they say, and he's saying, not even my mind can uh, search out and apprehend all what these riches are about. And he says, the unsearchable riches of Christ, verse 9, and to bring to light to everyone that is the plan, and that's what I want to talk about, the plan for your life, for our church, of the mystery hidden for ages in God, in Christ Jesus, who created us. So it does say it's unsearchable, but it is indeed searchable, and that's what we're constantly doing and drilling down. Who likes drilling down into the scriptures, drilling down into the, the doctrines and drilling down to who these Bible characters are? People are watching The Chosen, finding out whole new aspects of the disciples. They were real people. They were real, and um, it's a beautiful thing. Paul delineates, again, I'll make a point of this, delineates some of the riches in Ephesians 1, 17 to 14. I won't read it, but it definitely touches on redemption through the blood. What a marvelous song, Jilly. What, what a marvelous song that was. Wow, who's that from? That was marvelous, that, that, that blood of Christ song. The forgiveness of sins, which is just brilliant, because if you know you're forgiven of your sins... You can approach the throne of grace and you can lift your hands and feel the smile of heaven on your life. Who wants to feel... There was this old song in the series. Sorry, I just got triggered again. Sunshine on your shoulder makes you happy. You know, you got to feel that every day. I believe the only thing that can make your day live is understanding the Father is smiling upon you and that Jesus is your big brother. He's looking after you. I used to look after my little sister at school. I remember taking a, a swipe at this young man who was you know, bullying my daughter and I took a swipe at him. It must have been very slow because it was like he ducked and I hit the side of this craggy cement wall of the school and I scarred all my knuckles forever. They were scarred for, for life. I'd go, man, it wasn't... Man, I, I must have took a good swipe, but no, fighting was not my um, nature, but I did it because I was protecting my sister, amen? The forgiveness of sins, the knowledge of the mystery of his will, which I do want to talk about, the mystery of his will. Lord, let's pray that now. Father, what is the mystery? What is this will that you have for me, which is mystifying and and it's nebulous at times, but I know you're trying to tell me. 
I know your voice is speaking to me. And would you show me the way for 2023, I pray. And the guarantee of our inheritance, no one dying in your family is going to rip you off from your inheritance. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So there are spiritual riches, eternal benefits uh, that we cannot comprehend, but, and we cannot comprehend them in normal times, but in times like this, we can. Amen? So I believe absolutely there is a move of God allowing us to ignite the destiny of God that God has placed in every heart, and it is for you and it is for your generations. Christians, in fact, are supposed to walk in victory. We're supposed to walk in victory, but it evades us, this dynamic lifestyle of the great adventure of walking out the will of God and seeing God come into our life and, and bless us and, and, and provide for us and intervene and help us. And it's a beautiful life when it's like that, when you trust God with your tithes and your offerings and going, God, man, I've just depleted my bank account. But he says, Test me in this. Trust me that I will have you, that my providence, that angels, that, that my spirit will be so around you, so helping you in every way that you won't miss that. It's a beautiful thing to know when you walk through life that you are in covenant with God and that he is just going to bless you with every deal, every transaction in life, every doctor visit. You know which yesterday morning, Pastor Martin Webb said, went to the doctor, had a health issue, it was a men's issue, he's my age, and cancer. Okay, we'll call it what it is. Uh, Julie wants me to not be PG this morning because I realize I've got kids, but anyway, he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, I want to see you. Oh no, what's this about? He says, look, this is, man, I've looked at your x-rays, but uh, yeah, look, it's completely dissipated. That issue you, you had with prostate cancer is, is dissipate. I don't need to see you for a year. And even the pastor friend of mine is going, my God, God does heal. Even, even we get surprised sometimes. <laughs> even we get surprised, amen? But it's supposed to be happening. Prophetically, I honestly believe the Holy Spirit is wooing. It's right, the prodigals. The Holy Spirit is wooing the lost generation to Jesus. He's wooing us, the church, to intimacy and knowledge of his will for your life, for the corporate church, because I believe he wants us to stand up in our true identity. When that woman came out of the, the crowd, pushed towards Jesus and received her healing, the woman with the issue of blood, and he turned around, daughter of the Lord. Do you know what that meant when he said, the rabbi said daughter? That means identification. You are a daughter of the Lord. You are a son, a child of God, Michael. You are a daughter of the Lord. That identification gave her connection, community, and gave her belonging in an instant rather than an outcast. And my friends, that's what the world needs. They need to come in from, the, from the, the, the war, the storm, and they come and find shelter in the family of God, in the family of God called the Christian community. 
That's what we're praying for. And God is wooing them with angels. Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, aren't all angels ministering spirits sent to those who are inheriting salvation? There are angels working on your behalf and your family's behalf that are ushering in salvation. Be ready with a ready defense and explanation of the hope that you have. And can the saints say, Amen. So spiritual alignment, we talked about that. We're talking about growing up, and that was what the giving message was about last week. And we declared, Lord, our hearts are going to, our time, talent, treasure are going to be aligned with you. And in that, we find alignment. And then the Bible says, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. So it is time to grow up. It is time to mature. And I honestly believe the Holy Spirit is beckoning us to Christian growth and maturity. And let's say that saying again, the camels are coming. The camels are coming. Beloved, uh, 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. He so wants to prosper you in every dimension of your life. I believe every altar you need to come down. Even if you think you don't need it, you're coming down. He's leading you to possess your inheritance spiritually and physically. Houses are going to be bought. Health is going to be returned. Children are going to come back. Spiritual and physical. The boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places, Psalm 16 says. And you are in the promised land. Like Abraham was in the promised land. And Julie spoke wonderfully about the camels are coming. And we derived from the Hebraic calendar, which some people are still struggling about, but we're following it prophetically because it gives us a lot of credence of certain words and numbers and seasons that we're in. And the year we're in is 5783. Amen? Yes, yeah, so... I want to give a prophetic perspective of what this 5783 is about. And it does focus on the Hebrew letter. The Gimel is the number three. So I said 5783. That's the, okay, the Gregorian calendar is, um, the sun, the Gregorian calendar is 2023. The Hebrew calendar, the original calendar is 5783. It's a Hebraic calendar. People still follow it and it emotes wisdom and, and words that are pregnant with, with prophetic uh, destiny for your life and mine. Say Gimel. Gimel, if we can put the letter up, and that is it on the left there. You can just leave it there if you want. And it's the season of the 80s. So I did say 5783, it's the 80s, like it. Like when we grow up through certain decades and they mean something, I know that to be true. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but this year, this decade, pay in the 80s is about pay. It's about your spoken word. It's about releasing your spoken word. And soon as it rolled over into the new decade of pay, P-E-Y, guess what happened? We had masks put on. COVID hit. And the enemy was saying, I'll show you if you think you're going to start speaking up about Jesus and, and testifying to your friends and coming to church and worshiping God, opening your mouth. I'll show you. I'm going to put all masks on your face. So no. Three years 
of unable to come to church and pay means give expression, give expression with the words to speak freely and we had masks put on us. See, there's always a counterattack to the prophetic season that we're in. There's always a counterattack to our life. I'm sorry, but the world is a very conflicted place. And so in the last few years, financially, we've been challenged, but the context of Gimel, which is the number three, is abundance and overflow. That's why it says in Psalms 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my my soul, and forget not all his benefits, Gimel. Don't forget all the overflow, all the abundance that you've been given, basically. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Don't forget this, guys. Who redeems your life from destruction? Don't forget all this stuff that you've been given. And it's, and, and it's an abundant life that God's given us. Salvation, healing, redemption. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing journey of reaping. Not reaping, but yes, reaping from sowing into the Spirit, reaping a harvest of righteousness. And we are being admonished to reap what belongs to us. So the Hebrew sages, before I do some storytelling, the Hebrew sages say that the letter Gimel resembles a man walking. Do we have that? Yes. Where is the man walking? He's walking in the direction of the next letter, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew letter, which is the letter Dalet. Dalet. Dalet comes from the Root word meaning weakness and poverty. So we have a man walking, but can I uh, say to you that it's a rich man walking to those in weakness and in poverty. The church is going to begin because they understand their inheritance. They're going to walk to the weak, the infirmed, the destitute, the lost, the broken. It's about time the church realizes that we are hugely blessed on the inside with Christ and all the riches that he's given us and we're going to begin to walk into people's lives and give them an understanding that they can be abundantly blessed. So from the word gemel, we also get the word camel. And camels, you know, take in 40 gallons of water. And so the Holy Spirit is described in John 4 as a fountain of living water within us, a source that similarly satisfies the the thirst, the thirst that you would never thirst again. In the year ahead, and I need you to say this, in the year ahead, let us be like the camel and drink abundantly of God's Spirit storing up a reserve within us to handle every difficult time in which we face. And of course, you remember the day of Pentecost, the third person of the Holy Spirit, the Gimel, full abundance of the Spirit. When it turns up, that's what it does. That's what you see. The Gimel, the fully loaded potential of the Holy Spirit, comes and blesses people because it's available. It's here. The riches are fair. There's a table set before you. And you can come and partake of the riches of fair. You ever heard that saying? It's a beautiful thing when people come and partake of the riches. But let me go to the bride for Isaac, and I will give you a prophetic interpretation and for some show and tell 
um, because some kids are here this morning. They're, they're out, but I'll still do, do it. I need to cut loose from these notes a little bit. I want to explain. I want to explain the part of the Holy Spirit and bringing us into an inheritance in Christ. Who wants to hear that? And I want to give a vivid and beautiful picture in the Old Testament to illustrate it. So if you go to the Bible of, uh, in Genesis 24, I've asked you to do that. You see the story of Abraham, and he says to his senior servant, the main steward of his home, and he, he, he's old, Abraham is old, and he needs to find, he needs to find a bride for his son. And he says to his chief servant, would you go back to where I was born, to my hometown, Mesopotamia, and would you find a bride? He said, I can do that, but how will I know? And prophetically, he gets a word, you will know the one, the woman, who God has chosen, because what I want you to do, I want you to round up 10 camels of all my goods, all my wealth. 10 represents wealth, 10 represents wholeness, completeness, holiness, holiness. 10 camels loaded up. The servant travels 450 miles with 10 camels pulls into this town of Nahor in the evening when the women come out in the evening and fetch water, fetch water for their households and town. This woman sees this stranger with 10 camels and says, hey, uh, obviously need a drink, I'm happy to oblige, that'd be lovely. Now, Abraham said, you'll know the woman because not only will she give you a drink, she will give the camels a drink. And so uh, the servant, Eliezer, by the way, we, we don't know the name in that story, but his name is Eliezer, which means helper, helper. And so um, the woman not only uh, gives water to the servant, Eliezer, but then she says, look, your camels are obviously thirsty too. I, I, I will give them a drink too. Now, um, help me with this. Ten camels, each camel drinks 40 gallons. Ten times 40 is 400 gallons. Um, she's got a pitch. Uh, apparently, this works out to 60 trips to the water with her pitch and pulling up water and feeding the camels and, and I don't know how long this took, but 50, you know, 60 trips actually, and fed these camels. And he went, she's the one. Her name was Rebecca. And she had basically invested in her destiny because she was about to be told, you have been chosen by the patriarch, a patriarch, patriarch Abraham, to be the wife of of his son, Isaac. You know what I'm talking about? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, straight up, uh, the servant gives her um, some of these jewels, and she puts them, some of the riches, 
And she puts them on, just like some people did here this morning. They came out and she clothed herself and then she went to her brother and said, I met this man and he's got 10 camels, man. That's a lot of, that's a lot of wealth. And, and uh, she, he said, yeah, well, I can tell this is, a, this, this, is a, this is a God thing. So let me, can you put up that who Abraham is? Can you give me a, a prophetic understanding? Abraham is a picture of God the Father. Eliezer is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Rebecca is a picture of the bride of Christ. Isaac is a picture of Jesus, the bridegroom. Now, some of you have heard that before. Who's heard it before? I just want to do a little survey. Not many. Wow, we're a spirit-filled church, and we go, this might be the, the Tugger C3 Baptist Church. I don't know. Nothing wrong with them. I love them. They're my favorites, but... Um, so that's why I thought I'd give some explanation of these 10 camels and the riches and the Holy Spirit coming to your life, coming to your friend's life. That, that Eliezer, which represents the Holy Spirit, coming to you to bless you in all manner of ways. The potential of you to be blessed. And guess what? The brother said, Laban said, yet yeah, she can go. She can go. Obviously, this is a God thing. I'm going to let my sister go and marry your master. Well, guess what? Rebecca did not know and had not seen who the master was or who the father was. But she was inclined by what the servant had betrayed. Some people get miffed about the altar and about the Holy Spirit. I don't want those 10 camels. Get them out of here. I want, I want the son. I want Isaac. I want him to tell me he loves me. I want the father, Abraham. Where's he? Father Abraham. There's many sons. I want him to tell me directly. Some people get indignant about the 10 camels and all the potential but the, I just love that story of the servant. It was such a gentlemanly act. He didn't big note himself. He represented the father. And he said, my master. And so, oh, I love this story. When the servant brought out the gifts that he was carrying, he gave some to the gave her some beautiful gifts, which she immediately adorned herself with. And then she introduced the servant to her family. The family welcomed him and his camels into their home. He presented the destiny that God had for Rebecca, and she responded by faith. And in fact, that she would go with the servant. Eliezer means God of help, helper. John 16, verse 13. Remember, we prophetically said Eliezer, the servant, was the Holy Spirit. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. Eliezer never big noted himself. He didn't say, look, I'm here. My name's Eliezer. I'm the chief of the household. Actually, I look after all his wealth. He's looking for the right bride. No, he just... The Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. 
He said, yeah, I could be thirsty. Yeah, you could give me a drink. Oh, you want to you wanna feed my camels? Wow, that's awesome. Great. Well, daughter of the Lord, guess what? You just responded in the right way in serving, and that's why we serve in the house. We are serving and sowing into our destiny. It's what we do. One of the highest virtues of being a Christian is serving. Remember I said Abraham was looking for a bride for his son, Isaac. Father God is looking for a bride for his son, Jesus. He's looking for you. And what is our rite of passage is serving. We serve. We serve at the door. We serve in the cafe. We serve out and about. Of course we do. It's what we do. Rebecca had this amazing character trait of wanting to serve. Hello, 400 gallons. That is a lot of water, is it not? So, Lord, we see 10 camels coming to us in 2023. And just quickly, because I need to finish up, I believe that Gimel resembles, I said that, a man walking to us. And that man walking is the Holy Spirit. And it's you, too, walking to a lost and dying world. You are rich. You have this abundance of salvation. And it's a beautiful thing. But Gimel also means to wean. We are being weaned off. We are being weaned off our... Uh, our, our need of, I, I guess, the mother of having to come to church and come to Jesus all the time, needing and needing and needing. So gimel means to wean. As young believers, many of us are constantly seeking for our own needs, and we're like a very dependent, unweaned child. I'm speaking prophetically now. Some of us are going to be weaned off our own needs, the, the lust of flesh, the pride of life, the, 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 the lust of the flesh. You know what I'm saying? The world, we're going to be weaned off. The systems of the world, we're going to be weaned off. Our natural inclinations. And that's what we said when I said this. Some of you need to have a fast and break that spirit off you, that appetite of the flesh. Fasting will do it. I know it to be true. In the year ahead, the Holy Spirit wants to bring us to maturity. It's what they're saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because of the Hebraic calendar, but the prophetic is saying that. And, and because of the times necessitated that we need to understand, the church needs to grow up. We need to be weaned off our selfishness, weaned off our immaturity, and we need to stand up and begin to walk in Christ and walk towards the loss. So that we're no longer just seeking God for our own needs, but are simply coming to enjoy his presence and give him the glory he deserves. The letter, letter Gimel also appears in the story of Aaron's rod. And I believe this is happening for leaders and the body of Christ. Let me share you this. The tribal leaders in Israel had become increasingly jealous of Aaron's unique role as high priest. And a test was arranged to see who God had chosen. The staff each leader was placed, the staff of each leader was placed in the tabernacle overnight. In the morning, as they checked their staffs, that's a wooden staff, guess what? Aaron's staff had gimeled. Gimel here means that the dead piece of wood 
had come to life, sprouted and blossomed like your life will, developed fruit and ripened overnight. You are going to ripen and blossom. Your fruit is going to be seen and people are going to come to it in Jesus' name. The story of Aaron's staff is a picture for us of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Is that not? Does that sound good? He has come to take away the selfishness of an unweaned child, away from the deadness of our own selves to ripen us, a ripening and a bearing fruit. It's coming forth. You were given gifts right from the start. You have gifts now. They're laying dormant. They're in your life. We need the Holy Spirit. We have seen how Gamel relates to God's abundant blessing. It's about our responsibility. It's about being generous to finding satisfaction in God and bearing much fruit for Him. Mm. I think I might pull up there. That's enough. That is enough. That, uh, uh, my God. Thank you, Jelly. Uh, uh, so listen, when we see those 10 camels, when Julie says, I'm opening up all the abundance of Christ, there's 10 camels here. How did they get here? The Holy Spirit brought them. Eliezer the servant brought 10 camels fully and you can adorn yourself and you can stand here and go, I'll have some of that, thank you, thank you. I needed that, breastplate of righteousness, I needed that. What's that? Is that a helmet of salvation? Man, I've been getting, I've been plagued in the head. I mean, the enemy's tempting me. I'll, I'll have a helmet of salvation. Oh, is that a sword of the Lord? Gee whiz, I've never, actually never picked one up, but I might, I don't really pick my Bible up. I don't even read my Bible, but is that a sword of the Lord oh my goodness I'll have that and I'll oh dear Lord and I'll break off those as you say those thistles those thorns and thistles some people get indignant about these 10 camels why do you spirit-filled churches get all excited about the 10 camels because 10 camels mean authority 10 glory wholeness Ten camels represented that leader was fully in charge of his life. And it meant responsibility. Great responsibility was coming with the ten camels. It's way more, guys, than the just nice little Christian life. It's way more. We've been given so much that the world wants to see us enacted, walk it out. Pay means expression and giving and, and, and speaking it and verbalizing it. Pay means speaking and the mouth. Pay, P-E-Y is a Hebrew word, decade. It's the 80s. Some of you begin to need to praise God at home. You need to read your Psalms and get your guitar out and begin to praise God and worship God again. Amen. Someone just acknowledge. Who plays guitar in here? I challenge you to, to sing out the first 10 Psalms like I did in the early days of starting this church. I'd open up the Psalms because I was going through such ah, drama of pioneering a church. And I found solace in banging out the first basically 20 Psalms. I found all the emotion, all the Oh, all the pain, all the heartache, all the emotion that I needed to express myself. And as I 
as I allowed that, it, it, it provided an outlet for me to be real with God. Because men especially are not really emotionally transparent with anyone, including God. And sometimes you need, you need to create a little bit of a trickle from the words of David. And as you do, be real with God. Be real with God. Let the Holy Spirit, let's stand. God bless you. Father, right now, we pray that, Lord, you have given me this vast inheritance, this abundance, these riches that you've given me. Are, and if you want to be adorned with something, just come out to the altar right now. And Rebecca was adorned. The gifts were given by the Eliezer, the Holy Spirit. If you want to be adorned with something, if you can imagine what you need to be adorned with over your mind, over your heart, Father, I come to you right now. If you just need hands laid on you, just come out quickly. We've got a few moments to go.